You're listening to the Travel Geniuses Podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 11, and we've got a special guest today, Brianna Glenn from Milk and Honey Travels. Travel Geniuses, Christy here again. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast. And today we are going to talk about choosing a specialty. And I know, I know I've been harping a lot about choosing your niche and referring you back to episode three to make sure that you have chosen a niche. And I'm going to do that again in this episode too. But a specialty is a little bit different. And I don't know when other people refer to a specialty or a niche if they are just using them interchangeably. But for me, they mean completely different things. So your niche is the your market. It's the market you're going after. So this is the, the people you want to help and how you want to help them. And it's a segment of travelers. So it's who you're helping. Um, and again, if you haven't heard this yet, go back and check out episode number three, travelgeniuses.com slash episode three, and I talk all about choosing a niche. So having a niche will help you focus your marketing. And that's, there are other ways that it helps saving time and things like that. Um, But the main benefit of choosing a niche is really helping you find the right audience and and speak to them. And that's mostly about marketing. Um, Your specialty is different. Your specialty is the destinations that you specialize in or maybe the type of travel. So if you want to have a specialty in river cruising, um, that would be a specialty. These are things that you should know, like the back of your hand. You should know what's the best time of year to go, how somebody should pack, all of those things. This is an area that you've achieved expert status in. This isn't required. I do encourage it, obviously, or I wouldn't be talking about it now, but I do know a lot of agents who are very successful who don't have a specialty and who just sell travel everywhere in the world. However, if you're a newer agent who hasn't done a lot of traveling yet, um, this will really help you gain knowledge a lot quicker and gain your confidence a lot quicker. And even if you're an experienced agent, this can really help you as well. So don't turn this off just because I said it will really help newer agents. If you're an experienced agent, if you have a couple of destinations that you specialize in, um, this will help you save time and energy in your business. The first thing, as I sort of mentioned already, is that it will really help you focus your energy and time that you're spending um, learning new things and taking part in trainings. I love to learn, like absolutely love, love, love it. And I always say that if I could make a living, if I could earn a living being a full-time student, I would 100% sign up for that because I love learning about stuff. Even if I don't intend to actually use the knowledge that I'm gaining, I love, I'll, I'll get interested in something and like woodworking or building a log cabin or crafts and painting and and I get obsessed and I want to know all the best ways to do everything. So I can really get stuck in a rabbit hole. Now, the thing I love about the travel industry and part of what really draws me to it is that there is no shortage of new things we have to learn. Things are always changing. There are always new products or products rebranding or changing their focus and um, industry trends changing and then never mind the whole business aspect of things and how much that, you know, marketing and running a business, how much that changes as well. There's always something new to learn, but it can get really overwhelming. 
So, for instance, let's just talk about hotels. Do you have any idea how many five-star hotels there are in the world? Um, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find an exact number, but I did see somewhere where somebody said there were probably over 10,000 five-star hotels globally. Now, there's no way you can ever know everything about every single one of those hotels. You probably can't really even know much about 10% of those. That would be a 1,000 hotels that you would have to know room categories and locations and all kinds of stuff. And that doesn't even take into account cruise lines with their different um, itineraries and cabin categories and inclusions and things. Then let's look at geography. There are continents and then countries within those continents and cities within those countries and neighborhoods within those cities. And they all have different restaurants and museums and tour and sightseeing options. And I'm overwhelming myself just talking about this. There's just too much to know. And there's no way you can really be an expert on any of this. Even if you've chosen a really specific niche, even if you're only working with families with young children, that still leaves the whole entire world open to you needing to know what hotels offer connecting rooms or suites that sleep four or five people. And you can read all of the trade magazines in the world and read all the reviews and recommendations from travelers and travel agents. You can meet with every single supplier at every single convention, and you'll still never be able to achieve expert status. And honestly, if you're doing that, if you're trying to learn about everything, not only will you not be an expert on everything, you'll never reach expert status on anything because you're spreading yourself too thin and trying to learn too much. And and there's just not enough time or mental energy to know enough about any one thing. Every time you get a booking request or vacation request from somebody, you'll have to look everything up. You'll have to check out the best time to go, what the weather's like, what the customs are, what the food is like, what the best hotels are, what sightseeing options there are. You'll have to learn all of that for every single booking. And that's just a complete waste of time and energy, in my opinion. Choosing a specialty, on the other hand, will really help you know what to pay attention to and become an expert in an area. So if you choose a specialty of Africa and you're reading a trade magazine, you'll know that you can ignore all of the articles about Europe and Asia and North America. Um, You can just ignore them all. You'll know which suppliers to meet. You won't feel like you have to go out four nights a week to go to Um, supplier events because you only have to go to the ones that cover Africa. And same with conventions. You won't have to spend hours and hours on the trade show floor because there are only going to be a few suppliers that you'll want to meet with and connect with and form a relationship with. And this helps you form those relationships. So instead of, you know, recognizing every vendor at a conference, you will have some that will start to become friends because you are focusing on their on an area that they serve and are able to spend more time with them instead of trying to meet everybody. You're spending more time with certain people and you're asking more thoughtful questions and they'll start to respect you more. It just helps all across the board, but it really helps you focus your learning and stop wasting time trying to learn about everything else, but then really learn everything you can about the places that are important and become an expert. Choosing a specialty also helps you be more strategic about your own travel. Now, I know it's super tempting to go on every single fam that you're invited to and that comes in your inbox, but 
you're again really spreading yourself thin when you do that these things still cost money it's not free travel typically so you're diluting your resources your financial resources and the money that you could be either enjoying or investing in your business you're also usually these fam trips while they can be a lot of fun um, sometimes they only give you an overview of the destination so you're just getting um, a surface level, maybe not much more than you could get out of reading a guidebook or something. However, if instead of taking five trips a year to random destinations, um, if you every two years pick one destination to really focus on and visit that destination two or three times, maybe one time can be a fam trip, but then the other times visit on your own, design it yourself, figure out what places you really want to check out that you think would be appreciated by your travelers. Um, check out a different region in that area, maybe stay in a different part of the city, check out different restaurants and attractions, really get to know it like you're a local. There really is no amount of book learning and video watching that can compare and give you the knowledge that you will get by visiting a place in person and being there. You can't taste the food by reading a book. You never really, the thing that always surprises me is I remember the first time I went to Africa, okay, the only time I went to Africa, I remember getting off the plane and I landed at, I don't know, it was like 11 o'clock at night or something. And I really hadn't traveled much at that point. And I got off the plane and uh, suddenly there are all like hundreds, it felt like there probably were at least 100. I don't know. So many people standing there yelling at me with signs trying to get me to, to let them take me to the airport. Fortunately, um, they had already arranged a car and driver for me. So somebody was there with my name on a sign, but that was really overwhelming. And it didn't matter how much I had researched before I went. Nobody ever explained that to me that that was what the experience was going to be like. Another thing I remember going through in London, Heathrow Airport, and I had all this luggage. This was before all the massive restrictions on and weight on your luggage. So I had a big suitcase, a small suitcase, a carry-on. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> now I can travel for two weeks with a carry-on. But this point I hadn't learned that yet and I was they didn't have elevators and escalators and I'm like there's all these stairs upstairs and downstairs and up and down again and I wouldn't nobody told me that um, also traveling around in trains there one time I had to get to the other side of the tracks which was only stairs and then I got to the other side and then realized no I was on the right side to begin with so same thing with all that luggage up the stairs and down the stairs. It was a mess. So some things that are really important for you to share with your clients, you're just not going to know if you don't actually visit a place. So it's really important if you want to be an expert to visit that place several times. So consolidate your money instead of going on five random trips to different destinations visit over a couple of years, visit your specialty destination two or three times, especially when you're first learning it. If you are, you know, have been doing this for a little while and have already picked a specialty and are maybe branching out into a couple of other areas that you want to specialize in, you only need to go back every year or two and, you know, refresh yourself and check out anything new that's come up. But um, this does a couple of things. First, it helps give you confidence when people call with 
a vacation request to an area that you are an expert in. Um, It really helps you be confident in your answers and you can speak to them as if you know what you're talking about because you do instead of feeling insecure because you have a lot of a lot of your answers are I don't know I can look that up I'm not sure but I'll find out for you you'll know a lot of this offhand this also helps with your social media we just talked about this in episode 10 that's travelgeniuses.com slash episode 10 we talked about how to prepare for a fam trip and how to make sure you're capturing the images and stories and videos and things that you want to showcase for your social media and um, on your website. Going back to the same general destination several times will give you more than just surface level experiences. You'll be experiencing things that aren't necessarily well known and talked about a lot. So those things will help draw people to you and your content as well. Now, the biggest benefit to this and the thing, the reason I think it's so important is that choosing a specialty will really help you save time with your job and make it so much easier. I have been to Hawaii more times than any other destination I visited. Um, I live in Arizona, so it's really easy for us to get there. It's something that a lot of people requested and um, I visited there several times now. So I'm really comfortable with it. I know the different personalities of the different islands. I know which one's more adventurous, which one's more glam. I know which hotels are casual, which ones are more formal and fancy. And I also know where some of the better beaches are. So I feel super comfortable um, making recommendations there. And anytime I get a request for Hawaii, it's super easy for me. I don't really have to think about it. I have to check some prices and things. And if there's a special request, I may have to do a little bit of research. But for the most part, I know where I want to send people and what they should do and where to have them eat to make sure they get some really good loco moco. I know all of that. On the other hand, I've never been to India. It is on the top of my bucket list, but I just haven't had the opportunity to go there yet. So if somebody calls me and they want to book a trip to India, I'm going to have a panic attack. I mean, I'll do it. I'll figure it out if it's um, the right kind of client, but I am going to have to research everything and I'm going to be very insecure about all of the recommendations I'm making because I haven't been there and I... I trust my suppliers and I know how to do research, but I'm not going to really know that the hotel is right for them or the tours I'm picking are right for them or if the restaurants I'm suggesting are really very good. I know how to figure it out. I have a lot of great resources to help me. I have my best friend Google, but I'm going to be a huge ball of stress and it's going to take me 10 times longer to plan because I have to do all the research from scratch and I'm not going to really relax until they're home and they tell me they had a great trip. If you've listened to episode four, that's the one where I talked about designing a business that you love and and making sure it's something you enjoy every day. Choosing a specialty really goes a long way towards achieving that, for me at least. I mean, maybe you're somebody who enjoys um, the adventure of planning a new trip for somebody to an area that you've never been to and don't really know much about. I don't. So for me, part of loving my business is spending my time booking the things I'm comfortable with and enjoy booking that don't really feel like much work at all. Um, And that's a really important part of owning a business for me. 
You'll also save time because more than likely you'll start working with the same suppliers over and over again, not necessarily the like only one supplier per destination, but you might have three or four that you go back to over and over again. And this means you're not going to have to learn all of their policies and procedures every single time. I used to have uh, one of my favorite supplier to Hawaii. They went out of business during the 2008 recession, which broke my heart, but it was happy vacations. And I was able to work with one representative there all the time. And I could send her an email and she knew what I wanted. And I knew how she needed my request sent to her. And I knew what their cancellation policies were and what their insurance was and all of that. Um, So I didn't have to relearn that. Now, (laughs) I took on a friend of mine wanted to do a group cruise and I didn't even ask what cruise line they were looking at and said, yes, sure, I'll help you. And then found out it was Carnival. And I'd never booked Carnival before, let alone a group on Carnival. And that was a nightmare. It wouldn't have been so bad, honestly, if I had done it before, but I didn't. So I didn't know a lot of their policies. Like if one person in the cabin gets the drink package, they both have to. And there were just so many mistakes and hours and hours and hours spent on the phone, um, on hold waiting to get hold of somebody. It was just awful. So really working with the same people all the time and the same companies saves you time as well. And that's what really what we we want to be able to spend our time in other ways. We don't want to have to be calling every single day because we have a question because we don't know how a certain company works their bookings and what their policies are. It's much better to just eliminate all of that and work in the same area so that we First of all, don't have to look up everything every time and also work with same the same suppliers all the time so that we're not constantly having to spend time on the phone to get answers to questions. We just will know them in general. You may have to call every once in a while if something comes in that you've not done before, but for the most part, you're not having to go back and ask questions a lot. And this gives you more time to market yourself or spend more time creating better experiences and surprises for your clients, or just gives you more time to read a book in the evening instead of working 12, 13 hours a day. Now, choosing a niche really is the one that helps with the marketing, but choosing a specialty can help with that too. It sets you apart from other agencies, just like choosing a niche does. But if you have a specialty as well, that becomes even more focused and it makes it even easier for you to find the right people and for them to know that they've found the right person when they find you. So if your specialty is Africa and you work with families, then you're suddenly not just somebody who specializes in family travel, but specializes in family travel to Africa. So all of those families who are going to Africa, they're even more drawn to you. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how to do this. And fortunately, it's a lot easier and less complicated than choosing your niche. But I do want to talk a little bit about how to do it. And then I'm going to share some tips on how to use this or Um, how to consolidate, I guess, your information that you'll be gathering as you're growing in this specialty. But first, I want to remind you and make it super clear that I don't think you need to have just one specialty. As a matter of fact, I think it's a bad idea to have one specialty because I mentioned this in the podcast episode about choosing a niche. Say your specialty is Africa and there's some horrible natural disaster or something else that happens 
in South Africa. And we know in people's minds, like all of Africa is this tiny little thing. So if something happens in one area of Africa, people tend to be afraid to go anywhere in Africa. Well, if that happens to you, your business is sunk because you don't have anything to fall back on. Now, fortunately, you'll have a niche as well. So if you specialize in taking families to Africa, you can just find another area to send your families to start learning about. But um, if you have another specialty already lined up, it's much easier to just say, okay, well, how about we go to Australia instead? So I just want to make it really clear that I'm not saying you should just pick one specialty and one area to be an expert in. If you're a new agent, I do think you should start with just one. Um, I think it gives you some focus and there's so much to learn as a new agent that um, it's really important to minimize the amount of things you're having to learn, the amount of suppliers you're having to research and destinations and things like that. But after a year or two, I really think you need to branch out and add something else to your specialty. And for you experienced agents, it might be a little easier. So I'm just going to talk real quick since I'm kind of getting there anyway, about how to pick your specialty. So if you've done some traveling already, the best thing to do is just to pick a destination or type of travel that you've already experienced. This will give you a head start on your learning because you've already been there. So you know all of those extra little like what to expect moments that I talked about earlier. So if you've been somewhere already, or if you've gone on a bunch of ocean cruises, or river cruises, go ahead and just start with that. Even if it's not your favorite place in the world, just to make things easier and to give you a good head start, just start there. So if you're an experienced agent, and you have traveled quite a bit, there are probably some destinations that a lot of your clients tend to ask you about that you've booked more than others, or like the case with me with Hawaii, um, just maybe a destination that you've been to more often and that feels more comfortable and easy to sell. So start with those things. Start with the things that people are asking you about and the places that you've been. Now, obviously, you want to be choosing places that the travelers in your niche would want to go. So it kind of will happen like that anyway. And honestly, I don't think there's any place that I can think of any single group that would not, you know, someplace that somebody would very much not want to go. I think you can make any destination work with any type of traveler if you know them and you plan it right. But um, just really think, for instance, um, let's say you do specialize in families to Africa. Now, that's what's called a long haul destination. It takes a really long time to get there. It's very exotic and interesting and cool and different. But if you're thinking about the second specialty that you want to add, maybe think about families that would take their kids to Africa, where else would they want to take their kids? Now, they might be interested in a Disney cruise, but my guess would be that they're interested in more um, culturally diverse and educational type of travel with their family. So maybe something like Costa Rica or um, Australia is another long haul destination. So if they like just going places far, that would be one Australia, Tanzania, just try to think of things that complement each other. And think about the reasons that your travelers travel and choose specialties that kind of fit really well with that. Now, one side note here, I did mention that it could be a destination or a type of travel. So if you're choosing something like ocean cruising or river cruising, I do still think it's important to narrow that down a little bit more and choose 
a specific region of the world maybe to start with because it I guess it depends on what you if you're doing small ships or large ships um it just kind of depends on how large the area is that's covered I know river cruising is pretty um you know very much concentrated in Europe, but then they also have Asia and there's the US has river cruising now too. So that's that's not a huge area. But if you're doing ocean cruising, um, that could literally be the entire world. And again, it just goes back to the same. It's too overwhelming. There's too much to know. You can really know a lot about the different ships and the different cruise lines and who would be a good fit for different cruise lines. But um, I think you still need to really focus that down a little bit, even if you're choosing that as a type of travel. Okay, so we have now chosen our destination or a couple of destinations that we want to be experts in. So now it's time to really learn everything we can about those destinations and start to become experts. I'm going to go through a few ways to do this. And I do want to let you know that you don't have to stop the car and write all this down because I am going to create a downloadable PDF so you can print these questions up. These are just a series of questions to just get your brain started working on finding out the facts and things that you need to know to be considered an expert or to feel like an expert in an area. Now, those of you with more experience, you may already be able to answer these questions, but having them in front of you, maybe you'll discover a few things that you hadn't thought about or that you're a little unsure of or that you'd like to check out. So I still recommend you listening at least and maybe even um printing out the PDF because I'm going to put that together after I record this and I'll also be adding to it over time. So there may be some things listed on there that I'm not talking about on the podcast. So it's always a good idea to just check that out, download it, print it up and check it out. See if there's anything there that you need to revisit or find an answer to. Now I'm going to break this up into different categories or different um starting points, I guess. So the first thing you can do to become an expert is to contact the tourist board for the destination that you've chosen. First, check out their website and scour their website, learn everything you can there, and then reach out to them and see if they have any agent training available. A lot of the larger ones do. Um, I can think offhand, I know South Africa does, um, Scotland did at one point, it's been a while, so I'm not sure. Tahiti, I know does, Hawaii's got great programs, each of the islands, I think still has their own programs. So see if they have any agent training available from the tourist board. Now, if you still have questions, um, see if there's somebody you can call somebody who works with travel agents to get any of your questions answered. A lot of times the tourist board is a very underused resource. I think we spend so much time worrying about our supplier partners that we forget about the tourist boards. They are a wealth of information. You guys, they know more about the destination possibly than the tour companies and suppliers who spend some of their time there, but aren't focused there 100% of the time, possibly the tours board is so they're a great resource for activities and things that you may not have been aware of that aren't necessarily well known and talked about a lot, they can point you to restaurants for certain travelers. If you've got a traveler that really has specific needs or desires, the tourist board is 
one of the first places I would go to get help for this and to kind of point you in the right direction. And then finally, you can ask to be put on their list if they ever offer fam trips to that destination. I am not, and I'll repeat this over and over again, I am not a fan of using fam trips for your own personal travel. You should only be doing it if you're using it to learn about the destination and to be able to market it better. So please don't reach out to the tourist boards just because you've never been to Australia and you want to go. Um, only do it if it's going to be one of your specialty areas and you want to use it as a learning tool. Now, some things you can ask or answers you can try to find through the tourist board would be, what are the different seasons and what are the pros and cons of each? And this doesn't necessarily mean winter, spring, summer, fall either. There can be a rainy and dry season. Um, if it's a wildlife destination or if your travelers go there for wildlife, there can be seasons that there are babies and nesting birds and others where the um, birds, have, the eggs have already hatched or there may be younger animals at that time. So there are different, depending on why your travelers travel, um, there will be different seasons. There's high season, low season. Uh, find out if there are any festivals or holidays that you need to know about not only for the purpose of your travelers maybe enjoying those holidays and special events, but also sometimes there are holidays that shut down travel or where most of the shops and tourist attractions are closed because everybody's spending time with their family. So you want to find those things out too. And then ask what the different tourist areas are and what makes each of them different. Um, you can ask if there are any famous regional foods. Um, I know I keep talking about Hawaii. I don't know why it's on my brain today, but I know they have like spam is a big deal there. You know, the canned meat, <laughs> they eat a lot of it. And McDonald's um, had spam sandwiches on their menu the last time I was there. And they also have this big spam festival. So anyway, I don't know why I got off on that spam kick, but just ask if there are any regional foods you should make sure that your travelers know about so that they can try them. Ask what the transportation is like. Can clients rent a car or get around with public transportation? Will they need a driver the whole time? And make sure you're describing your clients as well. And this is across the board for all of this that I'm having you kind of get answers to. The needs of a backpacker are going to be different than the needs of a family. And that doesn't mean that I think everybody's going to be assuming you're booking travel for backpackers. But <clears throat> when you're asking something about um, can somebody get around with public transportation and walking? And they say, yes, make sure that you're explaining that this may be a family with children or somebody with disabilities or somebody who maybe doesn't feel comfortable on a crowded city bus. Make sure if they're saying, yes, there's public transportation, that it's comfortable for your clients. Then ask about money. Can you use U.S. dollars there? Um, are credit cards accepted in most places is English spoken? Is it spoken in the tourist areas? And then is it spoken outside of those areas? I know a lot of times when I'm traveling, if I'm there and just kind of sticking to the typical tourist places, everybody speaks English, which is annoying when I'm trying to use the local language, but everybody speaks English. But then if I go outside of the city center into more rural places, nobody speaks English. So um, just find out answers to those questions. What are the top things to see and do? How should they dress? Is there a kind of dress code? Are they more conservative? Are there any special souvenirs people should look for? What are common mistakes visitors make? Are there any customs that if you don't 
take part in them, you're considered rude. You know, there are things I can't think of anything offhand, but there are certain things that if you, you know, shake with the wrong hand or give somebody a gift in a red envelope, whatever, it it means something really bad. And you've just terribly insulted somebody. So ask if there's anything like that, that your travelers need to be aware of. And then what is something that most visitors miss out on? And I would ask this to everybody that you're talking to as you are um, trying to become an expert, because there's always stuff that we miss. And if you ask them, what are some things that you think most visitors miss out on and don't do? Sometimes those can be the best things, the best experiences to set up for your travelers. So make sure you ask that question too. Now, outside of the tourist boards, of course, you would research your suppliers. So find out who serves that destination and also serves your niche. Uh, Make sure it's a good match for both. And again, just like with the tourist boards, study their websites, gather all the brochures you can and study them. Uh, Read the fine print even. Make sure you understand all of their policies and procedures and then see if they offer any product training at all. And then find out who your rep is and set up a time to meet with them the next time they're in town. Or if they don't travel, um, maybe set up a, a Skype call or something so you can talk to them and get to know them. Let them know that you are specializing in a certain area and then ask them things like, who can you reach out to if you have a special request? How do they handle after hours emergencies if your client is traveling and something happens outside of business hours? If their call center isn't open, do they have a number where you can reach somebody? So some of these questions aren't necessarily just for you to know, but they'll also help you decide which suppliers you want to form relationships with. Um, Eve, it's not all about price, you guys. I know sometimes if you watch the media, you think that everybody just wants a cheaper vacation and that it's all got to be about price. But I'll tell you what, if you start selling on price, I'm not going to get into that discussion. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I just want to say sometimes there are things that are more important than price. And that is peace of mind and knowing that your travelers are going to be taken care of if something happens. So find out how they handle those types of situations. Then find out what hotels are in their portfolio. Do they line up with the needs of your niche? Um, are they? Do they have enough hotels that your, your travelers are going to want to stay in if you're working with families? I hate to keep going back to that, but it's just kind of one of my defaults. Um, if it's families, do they have hotels that can accommodate families? What's included in their pricing? Do they, if they give you a quote, do they include taxes and gratuities and meals? Um, Do they include the hotel resort fees if it's a location that has those? Um, It's good to know if the taxes are included because one one of the mistakes I made when I first started was quoting people things and not realizing that I wasn't being given the price with tax included. I don't know. I was dumb and I had no idea I had to check that. So um, find that out so that you know how to really price it correctly for your travelers. Find out what the level of service they provide is. So is it luxury or is it more casual? Um, is this going to, again, um, be what your uh, your travelers need and expect? What kinds of vehicles do they use for transfers? Is there air conditioning? Do their private tours include a driver and guide? Or is it a driver slash guide where it's one person, the driver is the guide? Or is it just driver and no guide at all? Find that stuff out. Um, Do they arrange private events if there's something special you want to arrange? Do they do that? And can they handle more than one country in the region? So this is especially important if it's Europe and you have travelers who want to go to Italy and France. 
Do they cover France? In the case of some small regional on-sites, they might not. Um, and then find out how that handoff happens. Like, do they just drop them off at the border and take off? Or do you need to arrange a train? How does all of that work? Now, there's no right or wrong answer necessarily to any of these things. You're just really trying to get a feel for what each supplier has to offer, who's going to fit best with your travelers. And, you know, maybe you have just because you're working within one niche, there might be some that expect a more upscale experience and some who like a more casual experience. You just want to kind of get a feel for what each supplier has to offer. And then research hotels in the area. So find out which ones look like they'll be a great fit for your travelers. And again, like with everything else I've mentioned, study their websites, uh, reach out to your sales rep and ask questions about room categories, how they accommodate any special needs your travelers may have, what kinds of amenities do they have on site? Do they have restaurants? Do they provide breakfast? Are they near any attractions? Can, is it within walking distance of shopping and public transportation? Or is your traveler going to need to hire a cab or something every time they want to leave? Which is, again, fine. These aren't good or bad. There's no good or bad answers. You're just trying to get an idea of different um, options so that you can make the best fit for your clients. And then ask about the different ways to get to the airport or the port and the approximate cost. And some other things you can do is read forums online, um, see if there's any Facebook groups that are about certain destinations, read guidebooks from the, I used to get them from the library. You can buy them if you want, but read guidebooks, um, look for videos on YouTube or at your library. Sometimes you can check out videos. Just look for any information that you can on that destination so that you really know as much as possible and are making yourself an expert. And again, remember that these things may not be written with your niche in mind. I find that there are a lot of forums and guidebooks that are geared more towards the budget traveler. So the hotels and restaurants recommended and tours and ways that they suggest to get around may not really fit for your niche, but it's still, you can still find some really good information there. So don't be afraid to check those out as well. Now I know I just threw a lot at you, but I don't expect you to find all the answers to all of these questions today. This is just to get your juices flowing and give you an idea of the kinds of things you want to know and learn about as you're becoming an expert. Remember, this is something that's going to take if you haven't ever been there before, if you're starting from scratch, this is going to take a year or two. Um, you really want to immerse yourself in that destination and become an expert. So I know you have a lot of other things to do day to day dealing with clients. So I don't expect you to become an expert overnight. Uh, if it were that easy, everybody would be an expert and they're not. So um, just take your time and just think of these things in the back of your head. It's not necessarily a checklist that you have to fill out, but just some ideas of things that you should be on the lookout for when you're doing your research. And that is a wrap for this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. You'll be able to find that at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 12. And there I will have just something you can print up with a list of some of these questions to get you started. Obviously, there is an infinite number of questions you can ask yourself and list of things that you need to learn about different destinations and types of travel that you want to specialize in. But this will just get you started and give you um, some starting points on things that you can look up and start to research. And if you're enjoying the podcast, you guys, if you wouldn't mind 
popping into iTunes and leaving a review for me. Um, the higher this is rated, the more people will find it. And I'm currently on like the second row. If you'd search iTunes for travel agent, um, I'm like the third one on the second row down, really trying to get up to that first row there and having good ratings and reviews will really help me. So if you're enjoying this, please, um, if you have a minute, pop into iTunes and leave me a review there. Otherwise have a great week, you guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye.